to another episode of My Climate Diet, the podcast where I'm shedding the pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. I'm Lisa Pettibone, and I'm ready to make a personal change to stop climate change. This month, I've been looking at junk. Today, I want to talk to Marie Buda about two huge climate events happening this week, one of which is about cleaning up. Thank you very much for joining me. Pleasure. We know each other because you work at CIEE, which is where I teach American university students who are doing a study abroad uh, about sustainability issues. What is your job here? Um, yeah, I'm really lucky to work with you together here at CIEE. That's how our paths crossed. And my responsibilities um, cover a lot of programs that starts from volunteering to working with Berlin partners, bringing partners in, sending students out and working with my partners. But I also do a lot of, so to say, maybe sum it up as green projects. Um, so I am responsible in, at CIE for sustainability projects, not just with the students, but also mainstreaming them um, with the team in other areas of the team, like facilities, for example, how do we live here? How do we use resources and so on? All right, that sounds like a dream job. <laughs> well, yes, it can be a dream. It can be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk again another time about that because that would be an entire yeah, interview. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, how would you rate yourself in terms of climate awareness? And I'm curious, what, what are some of the things that you're doing that are particularly climate friendly? Um, do you, just personally, yeah. Personally. No. Okay. Um, yeah. To go away from what I do professionally, uh, I think it's quite interconnected what I do professionally and how it reflects on my personal life and vice versa. But to talk about a few topics, for example, um, I've changed my use of cosmetics, um, saying that they are vegan, uh, they're usually not, not um, have no packaging, um, they're made of l local ingredients and so on yeah, so that's one thing also concerning what I wear yeah that follows kind of the same ethics they're made with, with fair labor fair trade or they're recycled or they I'm using them again so to say they have a second life um, that also concerns my diet as probably many of you listening to us can guess I do not like to eat my friends the animals um, I love to observe them and um, I'm not entirely vegan, maybe 80% or so. I do eat a little bit of dairy, but I've I've cut the meat out since I was 14, and wow. that's a long time ago now. I'm an old lady. That's, <laughs> that's impressive. I just turned vegan Friday. Ooh, ooh so, Friday's for vegans. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure if I can say that I'm a vegan yet, but... Yeah, um, you see, I've you been, tell me next week how it's yes, going. Yes, I've been trying my best. What's your biggest climate sin? Um, traveling by plane, I would say. I've used the airplane three times this year. I've actually yesterday come back on the airplane from Lisbon. We did, um, uh, we, we went on a vacation to, uh, by train, so various stops by train from Berlin to Portugal. But the way back didn't give us enough time to do that, so I used the airplane. I felt shitty, but I did it, and I don't know what the future will bring. I mean, what's the German word? Flugscham? Flugscham. Yeah, I think it comes from, from Greta Thunberg's mom. Yes. Right? Yes, I heard she, about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That she's being feels ashamed. Yeah. Very nice. Well, that sounds like you're already A plus in terms of protecting the climate. That um, one flight 
for a going back and forth trip that's that's not bad at all yeah and it's actually i can recommend it you can do such a journey by train because it's wonderful you can do so many stops it goes slow you can see a lot of the country and you can uh, get out and visit friends if you have them along the way uh, or make new friends it is actually a really nice way to travel for me yeah it is i love the train yeah. too that's yeah. my favorite yeah. way to travel and it's much easier than i thought to travel internationally at least in europe Overnight yeah. trains and stuff like that. That's true. But I've heard in the U.S., for example, there are also great train tr journeys like California. There yes. are good ones. It's just harder to find them and they don't go as often. Okay. But yeah, that's a good point that there are some really nice ones in, um, in the U.S. as well. But what I wanted to talk to you about today was about public climate actions. Because I've gotten the sense since I've known you that you're really good at keeping track on what climate actions are coming up. The last time we talked before you went on vacation was you asked me if I was going to some of these actions that I asked you to talk to me about today. So, I mean, for me, it feels like there are demonstrations, workshops, protests every week. So it's hard for me to know what's coming up and how to keep track of it. So how do you do that? How do you keep track of everything? I don't know if I do keep track of everything. I think I know some major dates because I'm. we are both fortunate enough to live in Berlin. And many of you, the listeners, probably know that Berlin is um, yeah, a very important spot for, for pioneering work in terms of circular economy, for example, or protests also against climate change and these things. So being in Berlin, it's fairly easy to be connected to such people. And I am, and I'm sure, Lisa, you also are, maybe more on an academic level. And maybe my, my networks, my circles are more like um, more, more hands-on or practical or activists. Yeah, so absolutely, it helps me to be part of these circles, to work with such companies, to know what's going on, to know what developments are happening. And then organically or naturally, um, you, you do know about such major events. And it sounds like your answer is you don't necessarily do extra research. It's more that you are in a network where a lot of people care about these issues and you just naturally hear about them from your friends, from your colleagues. That is the starting point, exactly. Mm -hmm. I do do extra research. Um, I definitely also do it for my work at CIEE because I feel I really have to be up to date. Things are changing so quickly and you did think something was cool and great and the answer two years ago and now it's all different. Mm -hmm. um, so I do do extra research um, on certain topics. Uh, I do it online or I do open source trainings, for example. I do often get my hands on training sessions and webinars, which are for free and all of you can do it. I'm happy to tell you which ones they are. Um, so I also get my knowledge up to scratch like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, how do you decide which events to go to? Do you go to all of the events you hear about or do you have to make priorities somehow? Yes, I, I think if you're in Berlin, if you would go to all of these events, um, you would be able to clone yourself <laughs> and that's something I wouldn't want. <laughs> <laughs> and you would never sleep, yeah, because there's so much to do. I think for me, it's, uh, I don't know, most of the events or the circuits are, in are quite international. I've, I have some 
some uh, areas that are more interesting for me, for example, concerning green fashion and circular economy. So this is, is my niche also that uh, where I would uh, set priorities. And then there are also events happening globally and the weekend coming up is, is, is a particular one for this. And these events I will certainly go to. But then there are some, some niche topics or some personal topics that interest me more, which are definitely animal and um, plant protection and fashion and um, yeah, alternatives for mobility. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you go to those events that are personally most important to you. Personally and professionally. And professionally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's get to it. What events are coming up? Uh, lots. <laughs> Yet again, there's a lot happening. And that's something that Lisa and me definitely want to tell all of you out there, that as much as this topic is really heavy on our shoulders and we have a lot ahead of us, a lot to do, we're totally not alone. Um, and that is something that I have to remind myself of often because this topic of climate change can be quite threatening for, for all of us. Um, so there are some major days coming up that are happening worldwide. And I start um, with a global climate strike. And that's this Friday. It's this Friday, and that is the 20th of September. And that is happening worldwide. And I suggest if you haven't heard about it or if you're not part of that movement yet, you could um, check it out on the website. Say the website. Yeah, yeah what's the website? The website is www.globalclimatestrike.net. Yeah, so you can go on this website um, and from there and you can find your paths to your own country, to your own city, to your own village, to your own household, how you can participate. And you will see that there's already a collection of more than 100 countries who are participating. And in these countries, again, there are in Germany, left, left, yet alone, there are about 150 cities, towns and village, villages who have signed up. Um, so it will be quite a big day. Yeah. Fridays for Future is heavily involved. And there's a lot of other NGOs who are supporting it. So, uh, yeah, there will be a lot of people on the streets. So wherever you live, it sounds like you can take part in the global climate strike on this Friday. Yes, you can. <laughs> All right. Well, I know that I'm going. And then after that, there's another big event that you were the first one to tell me about. I wasn't aware of this one. Okay. So there's the next event. And I think some of these activities are also starting on the 20th of September. But the big day is the World Cleanup Day on the 21st of September, and that is a yearly date that you should put in your diaries. And again, is um, you can be part of that world, clean up wherever you are. There is a website. I give you the website link. It's www.worldcleanup.org. And when you go on this website, you will see it's really international. At the moment, Mozambique is doing the most. Yeah, Mozambique is also always in your focus. You can register your own event, your own cleanup, wherever you are. And you will see that you are, again, one of many million people cleaning up in their garden, their rivers, in their cities, the parks, the schoolyard, whatever, on that day. So, again, I don't think... It's a ritual or it's um, it's something, it's it's really something that you, you can be part of and that can make a difference. So it sounds like this one, it's international, but it's very local actions. It's very local actions. What are you doing on Saturday? I think I would go to the um, river cleanup to clean up the spree. 
Nice. I've done my fair share of cleanups already through summer. My poor boyfriend had to assist me. But um, I think this time I, I won't have my own event, but I will go to the um, Spree River cleanup. This is the Spree is the big river in Berlin and parts of it are really dirty. That is the one yeah, that I wanted to mention locally. This, this is our big river, so we will have a major cleanup there. Is there a website or a Facebook event that people can go to who are in Berlin if they want to go clean up the Spree with you? I think there is one in Umweltkalender. Yeah. Okay. Clean Umwelt up the Spree. You can you can um, find that in your search engine. And there's definitely one in the so-called Umweltkalender. So you've given us some tips on the next. Oh, there's one more that you want to tell us about. Oh, this is very exciting to me. Yes, please do. <laughs> this is a bonus for me. Because you don't know about it yet. I know, I know about this. I know about this. And I've actually, I um, the class that I taught yesterday, we had a long discussion about this group. Oh, interesting. So, yes. Interesting. I'm happy to talk to you about that after Yes, and I, I actually want to get connected with yeah, the yeah. Berlin uh, organization of this group. Like you, they have their local group about 10 meters from here. Well, yeah. Uh, one of the ten local groups. Okay. okay. Well, tell me about it. Let's not make it more exciting. Okay. <laughs> uh, there is another event coming up, and this is put um, called into life by a group of activists called Extinction Rebellion. And as far as I know, they were founded in the United Kingdom, and have grown a lot in the last months. And they're also in the U.S. now. I know this for sure. And they are working with peaceful public disobedience. Um, they want to put pressure on our national government's Extinction Rebellion to really act and to really change laws so that, for example, more states are calling out the climate emergencies, which Germany still is resistant about. So how would they do that and what could you do if you decided that's for you? Extinction Rebellion is getting ready to start on the 7th of October with a so-called international rebellion. And that will go on for two weeks. And for example, in Berlin, in Paris, in London, in New York, as far as I know, and in many other cities worldwide. And again, I think this can trickle down uh, to you locally, to smaller towns and other places. It doesn't just have to be in metropolis. There will be blockades to force the local government and then the national government to listen to what a big majority of our population wants. I know, for example, that in Berlin there will be a camp for up to 6,000 people in Tiergarten where these people from Extinction Rebellion can camp. That's the plan at the moment. You can go to their website. It's www.rebellion.earth. And you can then continue to your local website or to your local Facebook groups. They are, in my opinion, quite well organized. And they have in Berlin, maybe Berlin is a big city, 10, 15 local groups already. You can go to meetings and they have so-called onboarding meetings where you can listen what would you have to do if you are a peaceful activist and trying out public disobedience. And you can see if this is for you, if you agree with their, um, with their values or if this is not something that you win, would want to join. Yeah, so I've, I hope that we will notice them in October in Berlin. I can't tell you yet where I will be. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was my next question. Yeah, that's my question for you too, Lisa. <laughs> Do we have a date? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will definitely be at the climate strike on Friday. And I'm going I'm I think I'm going to do my own event on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I want to do um, in my courtyard. We yeah. just started a garden group. So I figured this would be a great way to bring the garden group to life because yeah. so far we only exist on paper. Yeah, but you registered because then I need to register. Yeah. This is and yeah. that's what what I'm very happy that we're talking today yeah. because it made me realize, oh, I need to register this because otherwise no one will know that I'm doing no. this this weekend. And th this is not like a thing, okay, I was in Paris for 10 minutes. I took a photo of myself with the Eiffel Tower and I put it on Instagram so I was there. In this situation, it's really, I think it is about numbers because mm. we need to know that we are many and we are. And I meet so many people here in Berlin who are quite depressed about this whole topic. And sometimes I am also quite, can be negative or think things are not moving fast enough. But I think... It is really uplifting if you know that there is stuff happening worldwide in all these cities and you're not a lone fighter. I yeah. agree. This is, yeah, there are so many groups and for me it's most important that these groups connect and they don't work against each other because there's always a tendency to do that and, and I'm not one of, I'm not supporting that idea. I think we need to really make, create this movement together. I'm very excited. Yeah. How many people do you think are going to show up? Lots. I have the feeling lots. I mean, there have I been demonstrations so in Berlin with a million participants. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, it's urgent. I mean, here in Berlin, we've had two very hot summers. I would say since last year, this topic of climate change has really become very obvious for people. So everybody's talking about it, it's not just in the circles where Lisa and me are working. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. And still, people often don't know what they can change. And And I think one of the things that I'm taking away from from your talking about these events is they're global events. But even if you don't have one where you are, you can start one exactly. in your town and still feel connected feel to connected. these other events yeah. that you don't need to come to yeah. Berlin to agitate for climate action. No. You can stay where you are and start your own group. Yes. Which is really great. Yes. So thank you very much for speaking with me. Pleasure. Uh, you've given me a lot of uh, tips and thoughts. Is do you have maybe one final place where people can go for to to learn more about any event or to find out these events? You mentioned Umweltkalender before. Um, a local yes, a local calendar is Umweltkalender, for example. Yes, maybe a better way if you if I want to give you an answer that. Uh, makes sense globally. If you go to the websites I mentioned, you will always find the one that's for your country or for your city. There you can usually sign up for newsletters, so you stay up to date on events and news. That That is what I would recommend, so they really end up in your um, email boxes, or you can connect with all these groups on Instagram or Facebook. Then you will also find out about new events and more locally so you, you can actually attend and I can give you the uh, name of a blog that I really like that's here in Berlin it's called Green Me Berlin but it also exists in Detroit and in Melbourne Green Me Melbourne Green Me Detroit and Green Me Munich Okay. So on this blog, you find a lot of tips. There's a calendar, what you can do. There's a lot of interviews with pioneers on not wasting food or alternative cosmetics and that are really, really tangible for your everyday life. All right. Thank you very much. And I'll make sure that all of the resources that Marie mentioned today are up on my 
website as well, myclimatediet.org. Thank you again very much, and I'll see you on Friday. Yay. <laughs> In the crowd. In the crowd. <laughs> What's giving me hope this week? I realized something yesterday. I started this podcast to challenge myself to reduce my carbon emissions. Sure, I'm talking to you to hopefully inspire you to take action as well. But the motivating factor for me was that I would take a concrete action every week and figure out how much carbon I saved. And this month, I don't actually have a challenge. I'm telling you about what I did during my break, but not what I'm doing now. And this is particularly ironic, I realized, as I thought about this yesterday, because I just started what I think might be my biggest challenge yet. I went vegan last week. I've known that cutting animal products from your diet is a key way to reduce emissions at the dinner table, but bacon. Now, I'm mostly a vegetarian, but I've been eating a lot of eggs and cheese. No more. And over the weekend, I got my first test of my young veganism. A friend had invited me to his mock defense over the weekend. This was a friend I used to be in a PhD writing group with many, many years ago. And whenever we met, it would be at a cafe where we would usually get a piece of quiche. So when I initially replied, I said, I'm definitely there, but you got to make sure the quiche is. So after I became vegan, I realized, uh uh-oh, this is going to be a problem because quiche, even if it's vegetarian, it's made with eggs, cream, and cheese, right? Three no-nos. And I thought, I can't go and not eat any after I'm the one who told him to get it. If I eat it, on the other hand, then I'm being a hypocrite. And then this whole vegan experiment was really just a joke, So I wrote him a text and I said, hey, listen, what if I make the quiche for you? And of course, he loved the idea. So I found a vegan quiche recipe that used chickpea flour, an egg hack that I found incredibly delicious and I'm going to keep playing with. I definitely recommend anyone who loves scrambled eggs, look up recipes for chickpea scrambles because this is something that's really, really good. I decided to make two quiches. I call them summer vegetable quiches uh, with paprika and zucchini. I took one to my friend and he and I and another member of our writing group sat and ate the quiche before we listened to the mock defense. And I got rave reviews from both of them, as well as a lot of support for going vegan. So this also made me very happy and it made me very hopeful. This idea that, yeah, I changed things up a bit, but they know where it's coming from and they were very supportive. Maybe they will make vegan quiche as well. I know the other friend, Lena, is an avid listener of the podcast. Hi, Lena. And she told me that she has cut down her coffee consumption thanks to the podcast. She's down to one cup of coffee a day because coffee beans are high emitting food ingredients and that she can only drink her coffee with cow milk, something that she also knows is not exactly the most climate-friendly beverage around. So this is all making me very, very hopeful this week, and 
perhaps as a coda to that, I calculated my savings and by not using eggs and cheese in those two quiches, instead using chickpea flour, I saved about 15 pounds of carbon dioxide, about seven paperback books. If I stay vegan for a year, I could easily shave a ton off of my personal emissions. And that's as someone who used to be vegetarian. So that's only cutting eggs and milk products. I think I'm going to have to do an episode about veganism. Don't you? Thanks for listening. I buried the lead a bit these past few episodes, but I've gotten my first media mention. My friend Sarah Harrison writes a column in Siegesäule, Berlin's queer monthly magazine. And in the July issue, she wrote about how hard it is to be green. She talks about a sense of hopelessness that comes from wanting to help address climate change, but without a clear sense of guidance on what to do. She writes, I just don't really know what it is that I should do. Believing that there is nothing I could do, believing there is nothing I could do to make a difference, allows me to feel better about being complacent. I've been feeling bad about it for a while now. Then I started listening to My Climate Diet, a podcast about reducing personal carbon emissions produced in Berlin by a self-described sustainability geek. Lisa Pettibone calmly and thoroughly presents steps she has taken to reduce her household's negative environmental impact. Which made me realize that I act like someone who's stopped caring. And that sucks. I also realized that some of my subconscious beliefs about sustainability are based on misinformation. Well, thank you very much for listening and for mentioning me in your column, Sarah. I hope the podcast has helped you overcome your sense of complacency and that I've given you a few tips that might help you as well, because I totally understand this sense of, yeah, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, but what can I do about it? That was the main reason I started this in the first place. So I think we're all in this together. And if me working through these steps can help someone else work through them as well, I'm a happy camper. Speaking of which, oh, I'd love to go camping. Thanks also to David from Kvents for letting me use his music. And thanks to you too. Since I got back from my summer of house cleaning, I've been humbled by how many people listen to this podcast. This has been a labor of love for me, and I appreciate you giving me a listen. Feel free to drop me a line with your climate tips, things you like or don't, or just a kind word at lisa at myclimatediet.org. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lisa Pettibone. And don't forget to rate My Climate Diet on Apple Podcasts. That makes it easier for others to find me and start their own climate diet. Because if everyone went on a climate diet, it wouldn't be the end of the world.